Hey everyone, this is Julian, and you are listening to the Clear Cash Podcast. Back from a hiatus, you'll hear us talk about that in the upcoming episode. No intro, really, this ep. We're just going to jump right into it. So uh, thanks for tuning in. (laughs) I thought you were trying to say hedging your bets, but you were actually just saying edging. Yes, yes. Yeah, dude. You're you're edging your bets. You're edging edging your bets. It's like when you're on the roulette table and Mm. you bet on black 32. That's a real edge bet. Absolutely. Another edge bet is using an additional squirt of gun oil because that one might push you over the extra yeah yeah or you use a different water-based lubricant on the dice that you're using to play craps (laughs) imagine (laughs) you get the dice from the fucking dealer and uh you hold them in your hand (laughs) <laughs> then you toss them and they're just like slime strings throwing yeah. off the dice while they're rolling and they <laughs> don't stop like... they just keep going they roll right out the door <laughs> bounce yeah, around dude. like flubber they just get increasing velocity break through uh all the all the windows on the strip that's a scene from uh a movie why where is it though we've seen it haven't you seen it flubber too yeah, Flubber 2. Flubber goes to Vegas. Because it's a sports betting operation. I think this is the second time we've ever talked about Flubber, because we ended up talking about Flubber at one point. And I don't remember what it was about, but it came well, up Flubber not two. long ago. So at the end of Flubber, Flubber becomes sentient and leaves for its own planet, right? And then mm-hmm. Flubber 2, Robin Williams, Rip and Peace, uh, gives it a call and is like, dude, I'm broke. All right? Like, I, I bet my entire life savings on you and you just bailed on me and now i have no patents mm-hmm. no no uh engineering firms will talk to me they stripped him of his phds yeah. of his doctorates he's yeah. got no grants left no he's Wife in vegas he's in vegas he's, he's like in i'm vegas. here now it's a, it's what i have in my pocket it's like a very leaving las vegas scene he's completely drunk yeah uh has got his tits out yeah, they're big, too, because right? he's yeah. been in space gathering dark matter to increase his mass. So when he shows back up, it's kind of like um, Apocalypse or, or Dark Seed, you know, kind of mm-hmm. looks like that. He kind of looks like a green Thanos, like if Thanos and the Hulk created another being out of their seed, um, mm-hmm. it would be Flubber after exploring space and collecting dark matter. Fucking Thanos and <laughs> Thanos and Hulk just rotting in space mm-hmm. just it. who's whose abs does it hit uh i don't know maybe the left ab of thanos and then it it drips to the right th- thigh of hulk <laughs> you know there's no gravity in space it probably just oh, it does not drip it. you're right it yeah. would just kind of twist around i don't know i don't know how that works have they done that in space yet have they have they thrown seed think... into space i don't know i actually don't know I don't know if there have been any sex acts in space. I'll sign up for that. Because, you know, I get ads all no the time. We'll buy they your to seed. Before they figure out how to how to create artificial gravity. That's true, huh? Well, they can do... I guess what you could do is you can get in one of those things that spin you around really fast to mm-hmm. train astronauts. and you could Gravitron. Just, yeah, the Gravitron. You get in the Gravitron, 
-hmm. you get that thing going up to i don't know five g's six g's and whatever then, they do at the carney yeah and then you whip it out yeah shoot the seed where does it go it well you have to do it before you pass out see there's always a challenge and now we're back to the whole edging thing sort of mm -hmm. i bet if you i bet if you ejaculated on the gravitron it would be retrograde it would go it would go backwards into your body oh man so it would wow okay so it would go back inside and then what would happen would it just blow up your balls <laughs> that's a pro Not this is a serious problem well the truth is the answer is no and i know this because i've i've performed the cowboy <laughs> that's what they call it the space cowboy <laughs> that's what they call it when you do it in space okay you just guys you guys squeeze mm -hmm. and then your body thinks it's doing the thing but it isn't you're tricking it it's trickery and then you just pee it out later You know, I'll say something about astronauts to you right now. I'm ready. They've always, since uh, Gregorian or whatever, the, the Russian, what was mm -hmm. his name? Was it Gregorian? It, had, he had, it was not Gregorian. Like, no, it was not but... Gregorian. It was something <laughs> no. like that. Yeah. It might have been Gregor-Orian for all I know. Okay. But okay. whoever was the first guy in space, mm -hmm. right? Probably they, Gregory with an I. Gregory with an I. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. They've always had a air about them that that just oozed i i i i'm ascending past god mm -hmm. right I, through I'm, celibacy <laughs> yes through celibacy they're all uh and they all uh what do you call it uh flagellate themselves is that the right word for it like beat themselves with whips is that yes. what you mean <laughs> yes. yeah yes on the way it's part of the process to get to space so not they're kind of they're kind of okay they're god fearing on the ground, but mm -hmm. they ascend through the atmosphere, mm -hmm. and they transcend the heavens, and then they they get to the next level of consciousness, or so they believe. It sounds like what you're describing is Hellraiser. I guess it kind of is. Well, they're trying. They're achieving godliness through pain. True. Yep. All right. That was what the Cenobites were all about. You know what? I just realized they called the, um, um, what's the space station called? The USS Limit Configuration. Limit Configuration? Yeah, it's right in the name. Have you ever seen Hellraiser? <laughs> I've seen the first one. Was that something that came uh, later? The Lament Configuration is the, is the magical box that. Oh, what? Is that really what it's called? Yeah. I thought, no, that's not what it's called, is it? Yeah, it's called the Lament Configuration. Can we, all right, we can can we get someone over here to look this up? Because it's not called the Lament Configuration. I never heard Jane, of that. can you look it up for me? Lament <laughs> Configuration. Yeah, you got it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she's showing it to me. What the fuck? Okay. I, yeah, I the always. Box. The puzzle box is what I, what I thought it was. I mean, I guess well, that's the layman term. If you were paying term. attention to the lore, you would know. It's the Lament configuration. Honestly, the Lament configuration is the fucking, is what makes Hellraiser interesting <laughs> to me. Otherwise, it's just like weird creeps. Can you can you break it down for me? Are you capable of that? Do you do you know enough of it to to give the me the Lament, gist of it? So the Lament configuration is a puzzle that is itself a gateway to hell, and when you open it, you're releasing the 
uh, Hellraiser beings, the Cenobites, who you've entered like into a blood contract with mm-hmm. to experience their pleasures, which are yep. of course pain. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So you never want to open it. No. Um, can I tell you about the the uh, the only time I did uh, LSD? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I watched Hellraiser that night. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and you know it's something that you uh you think of in the moment and you think oh hellraiser okay there that there's some crazy wacky stuff in there let's put that on mm-hmm. bad idea yeah don't do that don't do that if you're on acid stay away from probably stay away from horror movies in general i will say that during the experience i never was like frightened i was kind of laughing throughout and besides like i i didn't take enough of it i think i took like a tab and a half and it wasn't okay. very strong, so there. I I only hallucinated once throughout the trip, which was probably like six hours long. Most mm-hmm. of it, it just felt like uh, an extended body high, uh, with a little okay. bit of head high uh, feeling. But it, it it certainly wasn't just constant auditory uh, and visual hallucinations of the walls closing in on me and people's faces changing to maggots. Uh, which is, you know, the nightmare trip, I guess. But absolutely. To be safe, don't put on Hellraiser. No. When you're on I'm, on that on that one stuff. Time, I was I was stoned with a friend and we were at my house. We were about nineteen and uh, we were like, What are we gonna watch? And I thought, Oh dude, I bet that opening scene from Final Destination two is so fucking tight. The, the roller coaster scene? No, two is the one that has the huge traffic accident. Oh, right on the bridge or whatever, right? Or just no, oh no, no, freeway. on the freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, because uh, you know it's like this wild fucking Rube Goldberg, Rube Rube Goldbergian. Oh, Ruby, Ruby G, something to behold. Uh-huh. We put it on, and we just slowly and increasingly felt more more sick <laughs> washing it. It was it was not it was not pleasant. No, it was just upsetting. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes you gotta push the limits of of the high, right? You gotta you gotta go where you might not want to go to to open the portals of, of. It depends on what you want, I think. <laughs> I, I I later became friends with enough metalhead stoners who wanted to watch, like exploited exploitation gore porn, cannibal holocaust. Yeah, on weed. That, on weed, yeah. What a fucking nightmare! I fucking yeah. hated doing that. That sucks. Uh, not for me no all right well i guess we should get into the update it's been a couple weeks since we've done this um, oh yeah 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 Yeah, we took a little bit of time off we had some holidays in july well one um uh so we'll skip that and we'll just get into um game stuff that we've been doing so uh let's see what's come out in july octopath traveler i've been playing mm-hmm. that have you uh read anything about that or had any thoughts I know it's I've not about it. kind of not your game. Uh, well, it could be. It's just the doesn't it this uh, for those for that kind of game. I really need the story to fucking like rip. Yeah, just kick ass. Mm-hmm. And uh, it nobody's nobody's said as much. So I've kind of just yeah. Yeah, it's it, story wise, it's it's t- pretty typical. I, I've been down all of uh, the arcs before in, in different iterations of Final Fantasy games and and fantasy RPGs in general. It's it's the same stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of the mechanics in the game, um, it, it's all very familiar. 
which is a mm-hmm. good thing i think because uh, it's what the switch needs um it it, it need it needed a good long rpg uh it's mm-hmm. it felt like that was missing especially for a nintendo console you know that that does get a lot of uh does get a lot of jrpgs um right like you know 3ds has a ton of them it's pretty common and we'll see more down the line in the next couple years as as more stuff comes to switch but um this was certainly needed and to have such a um uh fan support uh a lot of you could tell that the the team making this game had a lot of confidence and um it's definitely enjoyable if you're a fan of like the classic jrpg scenario but don't expect more than that is what i'll say okay um if if uh there's a 3ds game called bravely default that came out a few years ago and then there was a sequel to it called bravely second and i think both are made by square and this game the same developers studio it is it's got to be right yeah Mm -hmm. it feels like the exact same thing as bravely default it has a pretty much the same mechanics as that game just skewed a little bit but if you're a fan of those games you will sure like octopath traveler um so i've been playing a lot of that uh myself which is good i think i'm 20 hours in or so cruising through um what do you what are you playing lately i've been playing hollow knight and XCOM War of the Chosen, XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. And uh, I dipped into Mugsters, new little indie game. Yeah, Mugsters is tight. I yeah. like the. Uh, I, I played it today actually for the first time because uh, we okay. just spoke with the developer of the game and his uh, someone who works with him to, to get right. a review code, which is really nice of them to send that over. Um, yeah. And you you spoke to the developer a couple times on Twitter. Yeah, so uh, Mugsters is a game that I saw a GIF of, like the prototype for, um, two years ago or something. I just thought that's cool, so I followed this guy, and I've just been following him as he has developed this game into a full game, and it's been kind of a, a emotional investment in a way, I'm, you know, seeing this seeing this concept. And watching somebody work through like these iterations of it, apply a theme and a story to it, and all this stuff—it's it's been interesting. So now that it's out and it still looks good, I decided to buy it and like you know finish the loop. Yeah, and totally. It's good. It I'm is pleased. good. It's a pretty chill, uh, s- simple in a way, physics-based puzzle game. Uh, I've only played about in thirty minutes or so, so I, mm-hmm. I've only—I think I've got through like five levels. Um, you're on this hub world that connects to all the other levels in the game and each level uh, has a few objectives you can do in that level Uh, it's usually like find two of these things destroy two of these things and then rescue Mm -hmm. two people and uh, the goal is to do those things and then escape from the small island that you're on uh, via is it a plane every time or do you it's pretty much a plane every time I've never seen it not be a plane okay um, and it's got this really cool um, polygonal look to it, uh, colorful. The physics are seem to be pretty good on it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed playing it. It's definitely, a, I would say, a highlight right now of all the stuff that's coming out on, uh, like, Switch indie-wise. Because, um, mm-hmm. man, you look at the eShop, and it's just polluted right now with garbage. It's, it's crazy slammed. that Nintendo is allowing it because – 
it seems like it's and, and, and you know you look at steam and, and steam um on a day-to-day basis can get upwards of 50 games and That's 49 funny. of them are are garbage they're just like nothing games right. um and the switch isn't that severe but if you look at some of the stuff that's allowed to be on the eShop for, you know, 10 bucks or so, um, some of this stuff is barely passable as a game. Uh, it, it's it's so surprising because I've never seen in any iteration of the eShops prior to this um, have seen it be like that. No. So Nintendo made an effort to um, make it easier to publish on Switch. And according to an interview like a very like informal interview um, in an E3 event, one of the developers for a game, I can't remember which game, said that it took uh, all of six hours to port their game to Switch, which mm-hmm. is absurdly easy. And uh, it sounds like Nintendo's approval process is also cheaper and faster. So in many ways, that's a big improvement for developers and for players because you're allowed to be exposed allowed quote unquote to be exposed to more games on that platform but the downside is of course that crap is going to end up on it and i people look back wistfully on the nintendo seal of approval from like the nes days yeah um but i don't know i think that there's value in making in democratizing the publishing process so that we can have stuff like mugsters but the downside is you're going to get a bunch of fucking garbage too. <laughs> dude so, yeah it's it's whatever. wild like I, and i'm interested even just in in trying some of the games that are on there there are just a couple bucks just to even see what they're what they're like you know mm-hmm. uh i'm not there yet though in my life um <laughs> so, so speaking of uh of nintendo and 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 uh and what's going on in their world um so earlier this week uh it was announced or people started reporting on that Nintendo was suing two ROM sites, which I think are under the same ownership group or the same person same runs person. them, right? So it's not a group. Yeah. It's just one person who operates these two ROM sites, which are called Love Retro and Love ROMs. Um, right. And they're suing them for hosting ROMs of Nintendo games, uh, Super Nintendo, Nintendo Game Boy games. Um, mm-hmm. And they're suing them... Uh, for 150000 per infringement, which is yeah. millions of millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> and this is, I think this is the first time that Nintendo has actually sued a ROM site. It is, to my knowledge. Um, I'm. They've been pretty lenient in letting these things go in the past. And at worst, they've filed season desist letters, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Again just yeah. to my knowledge <laughs> but um i've never seen anything like this and from what i've read nobody's really seen anything like this it's just an absurd impossible amount of money i'm not really sure what the intention is well, it's got to be a message dude. right to other to other sites it's got to be a message to the community of, of rom roms and emulators as at a whole like if we're going to be able if we're going to sue this person uh, this mm-hmm. single person for millions and millions of dollars that they clearly do not have um it's a message to them saying we'll do that to you too unless you take our shit down right it's got i mean they will settle they're they're not going to actually pursue those damages oh of course not i think it's just a scare tactic for for 
for um, other sites. And how effective that's going to be, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that most of the people that run ROM sites have the same mentality as those that run torrent sites. And when you tell someone who runs a torrent site to to take their, their shit down, doesn't usually end your way, right? Right. Well, so the the thing here is that most of the time, and uh, you know, I, I think everybody kind of knows it, knows this at this point. Most of the time, the way this operates is, you go and find your emulator, which is developed by an individual who is just like a hobbyist programmer, and uh, you get the emulator, and they always say, "Go get your ROMs." wherever else you're going to do that you don't get them from me i don't have them and then you go and get your roms elsewhere and getting roms has always been the sketchy part because generally it's not legal um but they're hosted anyway because people hope that enough time has passed these companies don't exist anymore copyright has lapsed or whatever or they're just not going to care um but they're rarely ever packaged together like this uh, the difference is that Love Retro and Love ROMs not only allowed you to get the ROMs, but you could actually play them on the website. Oh, wow. And uh, it also used tons of imagery from all of the properties. Yeah, that was specifically named in the suit was uh, the box art for each game. This is kind of what you, this is what you want your home emulation setup to look like. This is not how you start. You know, this is how you as an individual piece it together. The fact that it's all put together like this on the website, I I would bet, you know, $150,000 per game <laughs> that that's, that's why they got targeted. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you do, if you look at other sites, like back when I used to, to do emulators, you know, I'm a, I'll admit that, you know, some people don't like to admit it. I know plenty of people who don't do not like to admit that they've had an emulator at one point i've never i've never had an emulator julian don't you fucking imply don't you fucking dare i had um (laughs) but i've definitely done the emulator and rom game a few times and uh the one i used to use predominantly for roms was called coolrom.com it was the coolest rom site this side of town and they had all the best roms but no images no no just the just the emulators no you know they actually did have emulators did they really? Yeah, they had. Uh, yeah. I, I did get emulators from 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 Cool Rom at one point, uh, and I don't want to call them out specifically. If you're work at Nintendo, just delete this uh, from your memory. Um, but uh, do you do you remember when? Um, fuck, it must have been like five or six years ago when me and you were at a swap meet in the middle of Torrance, like the middle of nowhere in Torrance, yeah. and I bought a kind of busted ass PSP that had a weird faceplate on it for, for like 40 bucks or something. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. Um, yeah, I was bought it. I was looking at those military binoculars. Exactly, you remember. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I, I took it home with the express purpose of, of modding it and putting yeah. emulators on it. And I, I did, and I was so fucking stoked that I had a PSP loaded exclusively, like with every Super Nintendo game that I'd want to play ever. Right. Uh, and it worked fantastically. Um, and but gone are the days because that that's something you really don't see a lot of right now you know like i remember in the heyday of of roming and emulating i don't know 2008 2009 something like that when youtube you'd search um search it up how to download emulator how to download rom where to find rom 
<laughs> exactly that that word where to find raw <laughs> where raw <at? laughs> where to raw at, right and and you would learn and i learned and i felt like i was hacking dude i felt like yeah. i was like surfing the the hacking uh what which whatever you call it i don't know the lingo because i'm not a true hacker i just thought i was no that's an interesting point is that however you know whatever the morality of of uh emulation or piracy um you know whatever whatever you can say about that one thing you can always say is that the act of doing that that sort of thing is personally empowering to a lot of people in how they feel about their technological skills it, it makes you feel like a like a hacker and you're not you're just following some person's instructions or running some person's executable or whatever but it you are breaking the barrier that consumers normally run up against when they're using uh, developed software and it's a uh, it's an interesting feeling yeah for sure yeah it is and it's, it's you know it's really not our fault it's not my fault specifically that nintendo historically has had the easiest to crack consoles and systems out of ever out of all of them I don't think it's appropriate to say that it's Nintendo's fault for being for leaving the door unlocked. No, I know. I'm just kidding. But I don't mean that seriously. But you know what I'm saying is that they, his, no, no, they historically have been, right? They have been the easiest no, right. to, to mod. The funny thing is when you said that you had a PSP with SNES games on it, I have distinct memories in acrid smoke-filled rooms at my friend's house in which I would be playing Halo on the 360 and every friend around me was playing some SNES ROM on their personal PSP. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing, dude. It was a real yeah. thing. The no, PSP totally... was also easily modded. And that was like the time, uh, the first time I, I modded something um, where you would have to have a game as a requirement. Like mm -hmm. with, uh, the PSP, um, if you had a copy of GTA Liberty City Stories, yeah. you could boot um, boot the homebrew channel or whatever um, from a uh, hacked save on um, on that game. And there, there's a similar thing that exists on 3DS with um, uh, Orcarina of Time. You can download a a modded or a homebrew boot from a modded save in that game. And I've done I did that. Um, save yeah, save hacks are, are are usually the back door used when possible. Uh, I used one, a common one on my Xbox, uh, oh, okay. the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. Mech Assault and Splinter Cell were the two games that had save hacks. And you, what and you would, would you do then? On. So what you do is you load a, you'd load a, a hacked save onto you, your uh, memory card. So you'd have to buy this USB adapter yep. that allowed you to plug a memory card into a USB port, basically. And then you'd load up a Splinter Cell or Mecha Salt save. Yes. And then you'd go and just load the save. You wouldn't have to actually mechanically move your character anywhere. Like on the Wii, you had to you had to load a busted save, and then you had to actually move Link to a particular. Uh, uh, That's point. right. And then you'd and like press A or something, and yeah. Yeah, and then he would like and fucking Matrix would start. Yeah. And then you were like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah loading it's kind of like it's basically like a code injection yeah totally but um yeah it's 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 a wild it's a wild feeling to break things that way yeah absolutely and you know here's the thing is like nintendo 
on the Wii is a good example, and on the Wii U too. I I, I didn't have a Wii U, so I don't know exactly what it was like. But they they've had instances where they filled up a virtual shop with old games. Mm-hmm. They did it on the Wii, uh, where they every I think it was every Wednesday they would add a, a bunch of new Super Nintendo games and 64 games, and you get them for a few bucks, uh, and you were good. You had them. They were there, uh, and we're at a point now where, where that doesn't exist. I mean, they're not doing it on the Switch. They've done it to some degree on the 3DS, uh, where they've made older games available. They've recently done it with, like, Pokemon and stuff, which is good. Um, if they, and we've talked about it before probably, but, man, just make the catalog available. Do it every time. Mm-hmm. Do whatever yeah, you got to do. Feels that way. I, I think I, I used to love roms and emulators and i would load them up and i would find the rarest game that i wanted to play and i'd get into it and then i would immediately abandon it for the next game in the list of hundreds of games yeah i felt no like attachment to those games because i didn't do anything to earn them they were just available um i also was unsatisfied with the emulation experience in general lots of inconsistencies unpredictable factors playing like playing into the experience Sometimes they're broken, and uh, I would sooner, at this point, just buy the game outright mm-hmm. than deal with the bullshit around playing it for free. And that that's true of any piracy experience, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just bought the Mega Man X collection yesterday. I, I happily paid for it. Although, happy no more. That game is fucking hard, dude. I forgot. I, I well, no, I, I I didn't forget. I willfully chose to uh, pretend that I I could be good at that game, and I I can't. It's 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 hard. I'm losing my mind. I do. I can't beat the third boss of Mega Man X. And I'm on the first game. That's intense. Have you, you yeah. have you played the X series before? I played. I think I played like two levels of X. That's the one that starts on the broken freeway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's about it. You, I watched you, some assholes video of like Mega Man X has the perfect training like training sequence. Uh-huh. Like tutorial. Oh, like an analytical breakdown of the first area? Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Yeah, don't I don't it, nah. it's good. It's a good game. Great, great series of games, but man, are they hard. Whew. Um Okay, what else is going on? Comic Con uh is over now um marvel was absent for most of it they were dealing with other things and they didn't they didn't have much to say or do this year so there was a lot of other production companies a lot of other people uh that had their time to to be the uh in the spotlight uh so dc was there with aquaman and shazam um mm-hmm. did you see the trailers for either of those no okay are you avoiding them, or you just don't care? I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> what about you? I, w- I watched the Aquaman trailer, and the sh- sh- I watched the sh- Fuck, dude. Shazam. They're going to make me say it. Shazam. It's a tongue twist already, because my tongue is so heavy. Um, I did watch both trailers. Uh, both did pretty much nothing for me. Uh, the guy who's playing Shazam, Zachary Levi, I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. unfamiliar with. I think he was chuck on the he on was that chuck. Thing, which i've never watched um he was the love interest in tangled the disney animated movie about uh rapunzel 
right? Hanzo. Yes. You're going to say Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Same person. Um, but something about him just immediately rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know what huh. it was. He just bugged me immediately. Um, I'm not sure why, which is an odd thing because I, I usually don't get that from, from people unless they are purposefully being like egregiously annoying. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, I don't know, something about him. Just, I couldn't, just happens. Couldn't find yeah. Um, and you know, it's funny because like, uh, you know, Shazam originally was called Captain Marvel. That was mm-hmm. his original name. And then I, I'm not sure when, because I'm not like as fluent with his history when he became just Shazam. But Shazam was always just the word he said to power up, go from being right. a baby boy to a big, big man. Um, Is that true? Yeah, that he, he. I think he's just called Shazam now. Because I know that there's Miracle Man, mm-hmm. who was originally called Marvel Man. Right. But he was in a DC property. Was he? No, Miracle Man is DC, isn't he? Uh, well, I, I think I guess they both faced the same copyright issue because Miracle Man had to change from Mar- Marvel Man to Miracle Man because of that. And maybe that's why Captain Marvel went to Shazam because we have uh, Captain Marvel. It's a Marvel property. Oh well, because we uh, well, have Captain I'm... Marvel over here. They're making a Captain Marvel Marvel movie with Brie Larson playing Captain right. Marvel. So, uh, all right. Well, it's, okay. It's, it's a superheroes are confusing. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, <laughs> but the one trailer from Comic Con that fucking blew my mind, and I'm still watching days later. I've watched it almost once a day. It's an obsession. Maybe unhealthy. Probably not because it's not like it's all-consuming. It's not like I've stopped eating or bathing just to watch the trailer nonstop on a fucking loop. But I will say it's probably the best trailer I've seen in a very long time. Maybe my favorite trailer ever of all time. And that is a high pedestal because I like a good trailer. One Mm -hmm. that can, you know, uh, send the uh, anticipation shivers down my spine as I'm sitting there watching it, right? I remember, like, seeing the first Star Trek trailer, the J.J. Abrams one. I'm not even a Star yeah. Trek fan. When I, when I watched that trailer, I was like, it gave me that the trailer's feeling. poster in your bedroom when we lit together. I had three of them right next to each other. And each That's one, right. I had uh, just lipstick kisses on Chris Pine's face. Mm-hmm. Not even a big Chris Pine fan either. Just had, you know, that it was the poster. Couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Uh... The Godzilla trailer, King of the Monsters. Holy shit, dude. It did things to me on a spiritual level. And I think, and I've, I've come to a conclusion. I think I know why. Okay. okay. So, Lay it out. So, so have you you've seen the trailer, right? I've seen the trailer. So we, we lead in to uh, a city being completely decimated. Um, there's a, a billowing uh, smoke cloud racing across the city towards... Um, Millie Bobby Brown, who is a character in the movie. She's standing on top of a rooftop. Clearly, shit is going down. Uh, She runs in. She's hiding. We get introduced to some of the other characters. We get a voiceover from Vera Farmiga, I think is her Mm -hmm. name. Uh, She's mentioning something like, there's titans. They've been there all along. Uh, They're they're the original titans. And we see shots of um, King Ghidorah in ice. We see uh, hints of other ones. Uh, we know that uh, the monsters in this that are going to fight Godzilla are King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan. Three classics, probably the penultimate classics in the mm-hmm. Godzilla lore. Um, we get this very uh, 
uh, intense voiceover from her. She, she, she's doing well with that. Uh, I appreciate it. There's a lot of people. Star-studded cast. We got Thomas Middleditch. He's in there. Um, we got. Was he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A yeah, few, few shots of him. Get, I was thinking uh, of Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Watanabe. He he's returning. Um, God, what's her name? Uh, from Shape of Water. Uh, what, oh, what can I remember her name? She's in it. She was in the first one briefly. Um, she's a great actress. Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. She's back. Um, we got uh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Nice. Uh, so so good cast for sure. And of course, Millie yeah. Bobby Brown. Yeah. Halfway through the trailer, we get uh, this. Okay, so Cla- Claire de Lune has started playing, but it's just the piano, right? The classic Debussy piece. Um, halfway through the trailer, Mothra fucking comes out Ooh. of the waterfall. Wings. Badass wings. Huge wings. And we just get this like massive coral version of claire de lune that blows out my head and then it's just scene after scene of fucking chaos and city destruction and shit is going down a beautiful amazing wide shots of rodan busting out of a volcano grabbing jets out of the sky and tossing them around uh my favorite shot is um there's a wide shot of washington dc and it's completely reduced to nothing and <laughs> you see in the distance rodan uh flying um and being shot at with you know 50 cows on the ground and it's it's dude it's it's so good um and it really i think that the conclusion i've made is that it's the claire de lune that's that's that sets it apart right that's the thing mm-hmm. that 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 sunk its hooks into me because uh, when you get get the right sound to a trailer it's over and they fucking nailed me on that one so hard it's so good, dude. I'm so excited. Did you, have Have you ever watched like the old Godzilla films? Is that ever something you were into, Godzilla in general? Yeah, no, I, I watched uh, most of the old Godzilla films, and uh, I watched the uh, culminating in uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Hell yeah! Yeah, and then that's I watched, like an old. Uh, that's one of the older ones, isn't it? Fifties, yeah. sixties, or did they remake it? They've yeah. they've remade a bunch of them too. Um, no, th- these were all the. 50s and 60s Godzilla. Oh, okay. Like I remember distinctly watching Godzilla versus the Sludge Monster. The, yeah. The, yeah. And then um, I was big into Godzilla and Godzuki, mm-hmm. uh, the cartoon. Um, I also watched uh, the Godzilla where Godzilla has a fucking like dumbass looking baby. Yeah. <laughs> like fucking like son of face. Godzilla. Yeah. That, son of Godzilla was the ugliest fucking creature in the world. <laughs> Dude, he looked like a deflated football or something. Oh my god, I'm looking at him now. <laughs> Why would they make him look like this? Well, oh you know god. they did their they did, they did they did their best, and you know someone was in that costume. Yeah, man, you're right, dude. This got the Godzilla inside of Godzilla looks like shit. <laughs> Holy shit! No, there are some like if you go back and watch some of the Toho classics, you get shots of Godzilla's face, and they look so beat to shit. Yeah. It looks like you know something you ran over. Santa Godzilla's got lips. Why? <laughs> For um, kissing, there obviously. Was fucking, there was a show uh, hosted by um, Jonathan Ross, uh, who's a British talk show host, basically the British TV personality, and it's called Japan uh, Japanorama. Basically, like he's a huge fucking uh, otaku weeb who um, just loves Japan. Got married at Japanese Disneyland. 
uh, just this white British guy. And he does an episode where he talks to the various people who play Godzilla. Uh, so there's like the one guy who's played Godzilla all his life. And then there's the new kid who's coming in to take his reins because this guy's like 80 now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they both demonstrate their different Godzilla stomps and roars and stuff without wearing the costumes. It was, it's really funny. You should, you should check it out. I will. Was the old guy like, was he not impressed with the young bull? He He said that it was different, but he was satisfied. So the old guy was much more stilted in his stomping, like slow, deliberate, methodical. Boom, yeah. And then the young guy, a bit more aggressive in mm-hmm. his stomping, more like grinding of the foot on the things that he steps on and shit. Oh wow. Yeah, a little bit more uh, uh, destructive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a fun little little bit. I'll have to check that out. Um, so that was it from Comic Con. It, it seemed I'm glad that I didn't go. I haven't been to Comic Con in a long time, but. Not that exciting. Aquaman gets a big thumbs down from from me. Uh, Shazam, <laughs> Shazam. I'm 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 like a, a middle thumbs, right? I'm like Caesar before he decides. I'm not I'm not sure because I, so I think I this. this up. Okay, go ahead. I look this up. Shazam and uh, Miracle Man are the same character basically. It's just one of them is American. Shazam and Miracle Man was the UK version. Oh, okay. They had to create for, I guess, copyright reasons or something. But they're both Marvel properties. Well, Shazam is definitely DC. Oh fuck! Oh, where where I'm, are we? Where, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Read Miracle Man by Alan Moore. Great. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I have heard you talk about that. Because you, it's you... so fucking good, dude. Okay. Yeah. I always get Miracle Man confused with the hero, or is it the same? Who's the fucking cosmic guy, the cosmic hero that's really good at like breaking out of traps and shit? Was that Miracle Man? He was like he had like a magician background or something, Impossible Uh, Man or something. But he he I remember there's a lot of of stories of his where he would like get into some like elaborate trap, and it was all about him like figuring out how to get out of it. Like more so than just yeah, he was a good guy, and I I think you know, and they were like really elaborate like mind traps you know like not not like the joker or uh riddler batman shit it was like mm-hmm. deeper than that i don't know i thought that yeah. may i thought that was miracle man but it could be something else um so yeah i guess uh the last thing we should leave out on uh or leave off on uh is um one of the things i i was thinking of while watching that godzilla trailer is a, a movie that came out um probably about 15 somewhere in between 10 and 15 years ago called big man japan have you heard of that what no um so this i want to recommend this movie to anyone and everyone um it's an indie film uh japanese indie film that came out uh i saw it in theaters at the fucking new art here in la which is a great place to see indie films and um in big man japan uh it's about a normal guy who, uh, in order to fight the the big monsters that come to, to Japan, he just fucking turns into a giant sumo guy and fights them. But nice. that's my description of the movie because I don't remember everything. It's good. <laughs> but I will say that the last 20 minutes of that movie are, like, the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. 
Go watch it. Is it wait? Is it is it funnier than this picture I'm sending you? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Son of Godzilla. <laughs> Nick just sent over a picture of Son of Godzilla. And it's absolutely hideous. It's going to be the thumbnail for this podcast. Dude. (laughs) You're losing your mind. You barely could keep your head on when I was telling you about Big Man Japan because you're looking at this fucking dumbass Son of Godzilla. Half of my screen is is Google image search for Son of Godzilla. So Big Man Japan, that sounds tight. It's like, is it? It's a parody of, of Japanese monster movies. So, so it's, it's like a kaiju thing. Does he does he dress up like himself or something? Yeah, yeah. So he just basically grows to a larger version of himself. So he's like this large, and I think he's he's naked most of the time when nice. he grows. Um, hang dong. Yeah, he's hanging big dong. Um, nice. And most of the movie, it uses this like really weird CGI, uh, which is it's off putting, but it like makes sense because it's funny and it's a parody. But then mm-hmm. I'll just, well, I don't. I'll, I'll spoil the, uh, this. The last 20 minutes of the film ditches the CGI and goes with like the classic um, technique the with the practical effects in, in men in, in costumes and suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fucking choice, dude. It's funny. Uh, nice. So go check that out. So I've, I've been trying to watch stuff that's coming out, stuff I've been excited about. I watched Ghost Stories, the UK horror movie. Uh, from okay. earlier this year or last year, it was okay. It was, I was disappointed. Really, really nice looking, interesting uh, execution, well acted. It's based on a stage play. There's a lot of sequences in it that I thought stagecraft versions of the tricks that they do would be fucking rad to witness. Yeah, on stage. But overall, uh, the ghost stories were themselves were really uninspired. It was kind of disappointing. But um, a movie totally different that uh, I watched again uh, with my partner that fucking rules is uh, Tape by Richard Linklater. It's a 2001 drama that takes place in a hotel room uh, between some old friends. And they dig into some shit. And it goes places that I'm surprised by given the uh, climate around those subjects, uh, especially in light of the climate around those subjects today. It's pretty on topic. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it's, Is it sort it's of real- like a Beatrice at dinner type vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it feels a bit like a stage play at first, the dialogue especially, because uh, it's, it's only dialogue. Um, but it's it's strictly conversation, and uh, it starts, and you're wondering, like, am I even going to be interested in this? And then about 20 minutes, half an hour in, uh, they start digging into some stuff, and it's fucking choice. And I, I highly recommend it. All right, so there are the two recommendations to walk away with. Big Man Japan and Tape by Richard Linklater. Ethan Hawk joint. Ethan Hawk, <laughs> an Ethan Hawk joint. Uh, and that's what we'll, we'll sign off on with a link later. <laughs> link later. Nice. See ya. Bye. Bye. Oops, I just pressed the record button again.